0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, Motherhood Unfiltered, it's going to be okay. My name is Nikki and I am a life coach and mental health advocate for moms. My mission is to help moms move forward with confidence as they overcome the hurdles of mental health struggles. I have personally experienced the challenges challenges of depression and anxiety, and I know how hard it can be to feel like you're just surviving day to day, but with the right tools and guidance, it's possible to not just survive, but to thrive. As a coach, I provide support, encouragement, and practical skills to help moms build resilience and regain control over their lives. Through my work, I have seen firsthand the transformation that can occur when moms are empowered to take charge of their mental health and well-being. So if you're a mom who's feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or just not yourself, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. I'm here to help you navigate these challenges and move towards a life where you feel confident, fulfilled, and thriving. Let's connect and get started. Hello everybody, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have Deborah Fletcher on the line with me from Toronto, all the way from Toronto, even though we're in our own homes. And hold on, I'm so sorry, this cat is scratching. But anyway, she is an adult educator, author, speaker, and mom of twin daughters. She also works as a realtor, which supports her obsession with snooping through other people's homes. I think that's probably the reason why I reached out to her because I wanted to know what some of the stuff she finds in there. (laughs) Not really. But as a busy mom and advocate for her daughter who lives with multiple disabilities, Deb found the time to jot down stories lessons learned, and inadvertent observations, and most of which found their way into finding your hay. So in Deb's free time, she gardens, dances like everyone's watching, and chases the ice cream truck down the street. (laughs) I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. But before I bring Deb on, I just want to remind everybody, who's uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, Watch it on the YouTube. Wow. Uh, Please comment, like, and subscribe. If you've already done that, you're awesome. And please share it with someone that you care about. If you're listening on the podcast, please go to Spotify or iTunes and rate and review the podcast. That lets me know how well I'm doing. And that would be my ask because I really spend a, I really do spend a lot of time getting all this stuff prepared and I would like to get uh, some kind of a rating to let me know how well I'm doing. So I would really appreciate that. And one more thing is I have been um, I, I did my workshop last week how to get out of the funk. So if you're into depression and anxiety and don't know what to do, You need to get those videos that I put out, and I will be doing another workshop next, not next month, but in April. So when you get there, um, if you could sign up to join the one in April, we have lots of fun, and we learn lots of things about ourselves and how to deal with some of those things that we don't know what to do about. So without further ado, here is Deb. Here I am.
1: It just suddenly appeared like magic.
0: I know. <laughs> These little buttons don't even work. <laughs> You're the ice cream truck down. What do you buy when you get the ice cream truck? <laughs> it depends. It, it
1: depends on whether I feel like uh, ice cream on the cone or in the cup.
0: Okay. You know? <laughs> I always got those little Choco crutch. Ice cream bars. Oh. And yes. it and so they were just like vanilla ice cream. It's on a stick. And then it was rolled in some like rice crispy chocolate type stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I always got. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember my brother getting this the Superman ice cream one. And then he would walk around with red and blue gums <laughs> the rest of the day. <laughs> So, You're going to you know. give us a
1: craving. We're going to have to go and get know. ice cream
0: now. So if we disappear, people, you know we've left to go get That's some right. ice cream. <laughs> so, Deb, I know when we talked the last in our meet and greet, we had such a wonderful conversation. And it seemed like we just kind of clicked. And um, and we both have that kooky sense of humor. <laughs> so um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. And, um, and start us off with your, your book that you've written.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Nikki. <laughs> so I won't give you my life story. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'll, just give, I'll just give you the highlights. And the reason why I wrote my book, I am a mom. I'm a mom of two 23-year-old daughters. So Mm -hmm. you may have guessed it. They're twins. Um, They're both the same age, which was a shock. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else has twins, but it was was a fluke. And so I was doubly excited when I was pregnant. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is so special. We are so blessed to Mm -hmm. have two little girls that we're going to have. And we pictured them running around and and us chasing after them. And then in reality, when they were born, they came early. So they were born at 30 weeks. And one Mm -hmm. was born uh, with severe physical disabilities. And that happened due to an injury at birth. So Mm -hmm. we actually found out when they were about three and a half weeks old, because premature babies... At that time, I don't know if they still do, they do a series of ultrasounds on their brains. And so Mm. we found out that there was some damage that was done, but we didn't know the extent of it. And so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't know the extent of it because it we had a chance to sort of get used to the fact that she was not going to be perfectly abled, uh, if you will. Right. and, but we right. didn't know in what way. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad that we didn't know the whole shebang because we just mm-hmm. sort of learned things through the through the months and through the years.
0: That's interesting that you said that she had an injury during birth because um, I kind of had that same feeling with my first one. Um, he had trouble being born, you know, so they had to use help. And, um, and his head came out weird shaped, you know, from the, um, the vacuum that they use. And then my second one was born super fast and he ended up with jaundice. So those things are mild, you know, when happening, but they can have long lasting effects on your right. when they're, yes. they're born. Yeah, so, yeah and that's- I could totally see that. Yeah. They, and they, I mean, they take that, they take jaundice
1: very seriously. I'm sure that he was yeah. in those, you know, that they were in the, the, those lights, those beds where they yeah. had the
0: lights on them. And yeah.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah he so was funny. Gotten, oh, I'm so sorry. I was just going to say that he was in that for a little bit. And then once I got him home, I was only allowed to lay him out near a window where the sun, the sun was. And then right. he had to go back every day for shots Yeah, it was, it was really nervous, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's, what what I was going to say is it's funny that you don't even realize all the things that could go wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I had visited a friend of mine had uh, a premature baby a few years before me, and so I had actually visited her in the hospital, and I had I had gone Mm -hmm. through the NICU and. And her baby Mm -hmm. was, you know, two and a half pounds. And and so I had sort of seen that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he then turned out fine, as most do. So you don't even realize it. Because I thought, well, they're going to be born premature. That's okay. They'll just be tiny. And I didn't even realize all of the issues that could have happened. So um, I'm kind of glad I didn't. So it was... uh, (laughs)
0: It yeah. would definitely have been overwhelming to feel like, okay, so this happened and this happened and this is what's gonna happen and this is what they can and can't do. And you're like, you know, yeah. instead it was like a gradual process, you know, it that was you deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly it. It would have
1: been too overwhelming at the time. And mm-hmm. so yeah. when I look back, I I'm sure that many doctors knew how she'd, you know progress or or not progress, but they don't tell you, you know, and that's, I think it's a good thing because you have this, um, well, you have this hope and you have, you know, you're just doing everything you can. (laughs) We, we, um, we did all the therapies and everything else. And, and, Mm -hmm. um, and so she's, uh, she's 23. She, has no fine or motor gross skills. She's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. She can't use her mm-hmm. hands or or can't walk. Um, she's right. nonverbal. She can't talk. She can't eat, so she eats through a G tube. She eats liquid okay. formula in her stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's incontinent, so she's still in diapers. Um, you know, but with all of that, so I mean, essentially, she's she's a, a like a, a an infant in many ways. Yeah but right. she's also got a great sense of humor and she <laughs> just really enjoys life. And she has yep. learned to communicate through a augmented communication device. So it's like a mini awesome. computer that she can access.
0: Yeah. I love those. I love yes. those. Yeah. I think we talked about, I had told you about my nephew who is in the same position. Um, he can eat, you know, through his mouth and everything, but, he has just brought us so much joy, you know, into our family and he and my mom just loves him to death, you know, and he will give her grief, you know, and he and he doesn't even he you know, there's no complete sentences. I mean, he can say some things, you know, but he will just if she's doing something the way he calls her name, she will know exactly what he's trying to tell her. You know, <laughs> and we just uh, love it, you know. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even
1: with, you know, facial expressions and things when she was younger, yeah. even before she could use this device, I always knew what she was saying, you know, without her even saying anything. And, and you know, you just get used to it. And and I would forget that she wasn't talking, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah just so having funny. this argument with your daughter, you know, and it's like... Oh you yeah. Know, the, the transmission's clear there, you know, especially with mom and their kids. You know, you could just look at each other, even if they are, you know, uh, can speak to you. You can look at each other and be like, if you if you don't oh, stop, yes. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> it's so, so I just real. love that. <laughs> so so what was it that you know made you decide to write your book? Well,
1: it's um, a combination of things. But at the beginning, as you can imagine, we, we really felt a lot of sadness, a lot of, mm-hmm. of grief, which mm-hmm. was really, for the most part, born out of feeling um, uncertain and, and afraid of what the future oh. held. And yeah. in part, you know, I think as human beings, when our expectations of something aren't met,
0: we, oh, yeah.
1: we grieve that, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. we didn't get the job we wanted or, you know, our parent mm-hmm. dies before we're ready to let them go, which is probably right. always, um, you know, so,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so it's all of that combined together with the fact that I was also grieving for how she would feel, um, but oh. I didn't know her- well then um yeah. when she was first born because she is she is a, mm-hmm. a very happy inspirational person
0: mm-hmm. um yeah. but it
1: was mostly about that uncertainty and that fear that we didn't know what was going to happen I didn't know yeah. how to take care of a person with disabilities mm-hmm. but of course as a mom <laughs> you just learn how to do everything right and you rise to the yeah. occasion. so yep. we felt uh you know there was a certain amount of grief and right. it was something that, uh, you know, in part came from the fact that she does have challenges and, and mm-hmm. difficulties. And as a result, she has a lot of pain. She lives with actually a lot yeah. of pain and, and she's mm-hmm. had to have a lot of surgeries and yep. and that's never fun for any parent no. to witness
0: for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: So that was where I was. And as I came through the the grief um, mm-hmm. into a life of, you know, feeling grateful and, and experiencing so much joy and happiness that I thought, okay, yeah. how did I do that? So I sort of looked back on it. And, <laughs> you know, you know how you get to a certain point in your life, or, or you're just like, okay, where, where am I? How did I do that? And uh, my inspiration yes. <laughs> right? We think we all do that. So my inspiration was in part my father. He had, when he was 46, he had a heart attack. And Mm -hmm. then nine days later, he had a stroke. And he survived. But he was...
0: I just want to let you know my goal is to help others who have found themselves at their lowest point in their life and provide them the tools it takes to get back up and start living again. I was in this exact same place in 2020. I did not think I had anything to live for anymore, but a 15 minute clarity call helped me realize I needed a change. And I could accomplish those things in my life. I want to offer you the same free 15-minute call. So please go to my website www.nikkiasherabowling.com forward slash free clarity call to sign up today. He was only
1: 46, which... Seemed really old That's- at the time because I was twenty-one, but he yeah. he had to give up his career. He could no longer yeah. work in his profession, and he mm-hmm. um, lost a lot of. In terms of the the stroke, it impacted him with his mental processing, not his physical abilities. Mm-hmm. But he lost a lot of memory. He lost his speech completely. He was able to get it back through two years of speech therapy. Okay. Um, probably because he was so young and his brain was yeah. you know able to be rewired and so on.
0: Right. But his mental right.
1: processing was never the same and so he was never able to work in his career again. Gotcha. So you think about a man at that age knowing
0: that I, yeah. and
1: and the grief that he would have gone through. And you know, of course there were no supports back then and I don't know if there mm. are now for that kind of grief. You know, he was grieving for what he had, what he had lost and Mm -hmm. the person he wasn't anymore and not being able to be part of something that he had loved so much. And, you know, there's all of his friends still going to work every day for the next 20 years, you know?
0: That reminds me of that movie um, regarding Henry. And he he had, um, was shot and he lost everything. But And that whole process of him trying to well get better and then fit back into his world. I mean, was that Harrison Ford?
1: Yes, I'm picturing Harrison Ford in that role. (laughs)
0: Well, you Um, should. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um. Yes, and so the interesting thing is that he would have gone through a lot, but. Yeah, we didn't even appreciate what he was going through because he put on such a brave face and faced everything with (laughs) such positivity and grace and love and acceptance. And he was Mm -hmm. quite amazing looking back on it. You know, didn't really appreciate it at the time, but looking back. And so uh, the title of my book comes from the um when i learned that he had had the stroke which was he mm-hmm. was Ill, he was still in the hospital from his heart attack heart and attack, he yeah, stroke mm-hmm. so when i uh learned i phoned the hospital he was unable mm-hmm. to speak i couldn't understand anything he was saying or that he was trying mm-hmm. to say the next mm-hmm. morning when i went to visit him i was walking down the hall toward his room and all of a sudden, he leaped out of his hospital room into the hall and just went like this: "Hey, <laughs> <cars are> <laughs> And you know, he did that for me. I mean, he would have known how worried, upset, grief-stricken I was.
0: He was for being him. a dad.
1: He was being a dad, right? He was out. mess he was being a dad and 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 making it easier for me. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine that what what that would have taken. And yeah. so, you know, that <laughs> hey really was meant for me, but I also thought about it as as being meant for himself as well. And sort of that mm-hmm. was his rallying <laughs> cry and and it mm-hmm. really epitomized <laughs> for me, you know, his attitude in the face of the grief that he would have gone through. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's why I called the book Finding Your Hay, because for (laughs) me, I had to find that attitude within myself, you know? Yes. So for the book, I also, so I I tell my dad's story in the book, but I also interviewed four of my friends who have each gone on very different grief journeys themselves,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, as
1: we all have by the time we get to this age in particular. Um, <laughs> and so in them telling their stories and, you know, looking at what they have done, what strategies they have used to mm-hmm. maintain, you know, a positive outlook and a happy life. Right. And there were some definite themes in those that I was able to pull and build on and, and recognized in my in my own life, and right. so it became uh, a, a memoir. And, and I tell lots of stories and lots of funny stories and what have you yeah. in the book. But it also really ended up being somewhat of a of a self-help and sort of a, a mm-hmm. guidebook on yeah um, dealing with challenges, right? Which we right. do all the time, whether it's a loss yeah. or as I said, expectations not being met.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that story about your dad because you know you mm-hmm. said you did not realize that how how much he had to go through just to through the whole healing process because he wasn't, you know, he was putting on a brave front for, you know, his family. And we can't even appreciate that until after the fact, when we've went through some things ourselves and he had to like been going through some big piles of poo poo, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, you have a heart attack. That's a a big thing in itself. And then you have a stroke, where you know we know with strokes you lose a lot of your, you know, things that you used to know to do. And to have those thoughts that I used to be able to do this, right? And then you can't anymore. You have to relearn a lot of that. Um, but still, yet, be able to have a positive front. I mean, that's such a great inspirational story because. I will sit here and just feel sorry for myself, you know, because I stubbed my toe and it hurts. <laughs> That's and, right. I mean, I'm using something very small, but there are, I mean, there's some things I've been through that have been really challenging, but, but did I think that, oh, I need to be positive because I'm a uh, influencer for other people? No, I didn't think about any of that. I've thought about how can I lay here and just feel sorry for myself some more. So it's really a life lesson in, okay, yes, we all deal with crap, but come on, we can get through this. We can get up, we can dust our our knees, and we can keep going. And really, that's what we should be doing, you know. Well, it's true. uh, And it's with it. Yeah. And I
1: think that what you're saying is really it's human nature, you know. And I remember yeah. at one point in the beginning where I, right. I asked those two words that we all do in those moments. I said, why me? And, you know, why <laughs> yes. her? Why did this happen? Right. right. And eventually <laughs> I just turned it around and I thought to myself, well, why not me? Why yeah. not her? You know, things happen. They there's no rhyme yeah. or reason. You know, bad mm-hmm. things happen to good people, good mm-hmm. things happen to bad people. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just that's just life, right? So now
0: that makes me mad.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it but it does. It happens because <laughs> I and that's gonna, and you're right, right? And so that's you know, we have to sort of let go of that expectation that life is going to mm-hmm. be fair and that you know so mm-hmm. we have to we do have to let that go and part of that is you know not so much for me it wasn't so much saying oh no you don't deserve to feel sad there's lots of people you know that are worse off than you it was more about yeah that makes me sad that's okay i'm going to feel mm-hmm. sad yeah yeah and i also know that i will come through this sadness mm-hmm. and you know, when there's a particularly, I mean, even, you know, now at, at their age of 23, if there's something particularly mm-hmm. sad that happens, I am going to give myself the time and the yes. place mm-hmm. to grieve. And whether that's sitting and having a nice big cry, you know, mm-hmm. when you cry, it, it releases endorphins. So it actually is a really good, healthy thing to cry. But that's um, probably
0: why I do it all the time,
1: right? It was why we watch sad <laughs> movies and things, right?
0: You I know, had no idea, Deborah. <laughs>
1: I'm 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 looking forward to. I think I think this week on on Grey's Anatomy, I think it's the episode where Meredith leaves, and I'm looking forward to having a nice big cry. You know, and it's just. <laughs> but but in those moments when. I'm at my lowest. I also know in the back of my mind that, yeah, that it's just a moment in time. And, you know, life I think that's meant the key right there, yes. that
0: it's just a moment and, you know, I will be okay. Some people yes. don't, they don't get that. They they're in that moment and they feel like it's going to last forever. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the key there is learning that. I'm having my moment. This is okay. It's okay to have these feelings. I know I will be all right. You know, I will go yes. on. Yes, I mean, and you know, I, I think, think the, that's what we need to learn. Oh, yeah. it, I think so too. I think you're absolutely right, Nikki. Yeah. And
1: and you know, I think the opposite is true as well. In that we can't have this expectation that we're going to live happily ever after. You know, or or achieve <laughs> yeah. some state of happiness. And then that's it forever. Because happiness is just a moment as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be times when things are going really, really well. And there are times Mm -hmm. when things are not going so well. And right, no moment stays the same. But it's really about how we frame those moments and how we decide Mm -hmm. intentionally to look at those moments, you know, there's that saying, yes. what is it that, um, did the rain spoil your picnic or it wa- Or was it your attitude towards the rain that spoiled the picnic, you know, and that oh, may not be, the, yeah, that may not be the, the actual, the real, the, the,
0: the, the, <laughs> the, actual thing, word. the yeah, I get what you're saying. But it's it's how you, it's how you are reacting to the situation. Yeah. I mean, if you were just to,
1: you know, complain, I can't believe it's raining and going on and on about the (laughs) raining and and just, you know, and just focusing on the rain,
0: Uh then
1: yes, you are going to have a really awful time. Right.
0: But right, right. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: it's, you know, and I mean, there are times that are, that are really crappy and, and, you know, Uh when you lose someone, they're not coming back, you know, and it's, um, yeah. And so with grief, it's really about learning to carry it with us because you're never going to get mm-hmm. over, you know, grief. You 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 mm-hmm. come through it um, and you learn to just carry it with you and not mm-hmm. make it your most dominant feeling. And yeah, that, that does yeah. take time and it takes mm-hmm. some intention and it takes giving yourself a break,
0: you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, a few years ago when I went through a bad depression, I, it felt like it was going to last forever. And I just decided there were some things I needed to work on. I started working on them. And I mean, like a year or so later, I was still working on some of these things. And, and that just the, a few weeks ago, I thought took inventory and I thought, you know what, I have felt really good for a while now. And but I'm still doing those things that I put in the place to help right. me feel better. And I think that's what we need to do. Because right, it takes yes. action. You know, mm-hmm. I think people and I've been talking a lot about this. And I think it's just because I of what I've been hearing, like through social media, through the uh, news, or whatever it is, I'm reading or right. watching, is that people are wanting this magic pill or this this magic ta thing, you know, whatever. And I'm sorry, there's nothing like that in the world, just like in the yeah. old days, just like today, you have to put in the hard actionable steps to work on these things and to implement them, be intentional for them to work in your life, you know. Yes, that is the key. And, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you
1: said, being intentional about it. Yeah. It's not just going to happen on its own. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: there are things that you can do. And I talk a lot about Mm -hmm. uh, about about a lot of them in my book as well. And, you know, it's, it's one little thing that you probably know, you probably know this, but when you Mm -hmm. journal, and you just, you know, you write, every day or or as often as you can. And then when you look back, you're able to see how far you've come, you know, and, and you can really look at and gain that perspective on there's where I was, here's where I am now. Mm
0: -hmm. A lot of times when I would start to journal, it would all, I would only journal when I was having a bad moment or a bad day, you know, and now I, I will do that whether it's a good day or a bad day. But if you go back and read, you're like, "Man, I was such a negative person," <laughs> you know, because I only wrote when, when I was having a bad moment. <laughs> yes, <I laughs> which know. really isn't true because I do have positive times, but I never, I never wrote about the happy times.
1: I know. Well, uh, and I think that
0: I think that we're,
1: you know, there's a lot of that in all of us, you know, yeah. because. We're like the news. We only report the bad news. And, and, I right? I, I was know. having this conversation with a, a girlfriend um, about a month ago, and she was saying that, you know, she tried the, the idea of a gratitude journal. So oh, she'd yeah. heard all these positive results that come from... Um, you know, expressing and practicing gratitude. And she said "But you know, oh kind of." she said it got kind of redundant. She said, I was just, you know, every day it was like, Oh, I'm so grateful to have a roof over my head. And I'm, <laughs> and, I'm and I, I said, well, yeah, that, that probably won't work if you, yeah. you know, because you're saying the same things. And so I said, you know, the, the trick that I use is that I, Notice tiny, tiny little things that I uh-huh. will note to be grateful for,
0: oh, you know, okay, whether okay. it's,
1: oh, I got a really good parking spot in front of a store I was going to, or <laughs> little things, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and just, and and noticing, and and this takes intention as well, noticing yeah. when something good is happening.
0: Yes. You know, and, and yes. it could be
1: something just really small. But if you do that every day, if you mm-hmm. look for things that are going right, because we oh, naturally wow. yeah. look for things that are
0: going wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> we're, we're good at that. I know. I have, I could write encyclopedias <laughs> of that stuff, right? <laughs> right. That's right. It probably be mostly like, yeah, my hair would not lay down today, you know. <laughs> my hair's going through a moment this time. I mean, I wear it short- and because, so I wouldn't have to really worry about it. And then it started sticking out. And and so we're letting it grow out a little longer. So and now I'm like, I wake up and it looks like it's like I'm Carol Brady going on over here, you know. And I <laughs> <it's>
1: like, <laughs> I like how you say we're growing it out. Is that you and your hairdresser?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, in, yes. she's number one in all the decisions I make about my hair because. She's been cutting it for over, uh, almost, she's been cutting it for 20 years now. I just realized that. And yeah. so <laughs> I was like, what's going on with this over here? Like it sticks straight out, you know, and it was super short. So, I mean, it, it's very noticeable. <laughs> so I, she's like, we need to let it grow out a little bit. I was like, darn it. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's I'm a like, team I'm effort.
0: It is. I mean, because her hair is like my hair, so she understands it. It has a mind of its own. And mm-hmm. I always relate to my hair as, please don't let me look like Carol Brady, you know, on the Brady Bunch. Yes. <laughs> she's like, she's 10 years younger than me. And at first she's like, I don't know who that is. So I showed her the picture of it. So, <laughs> so I. Yes. So now she knows who it is.
1: <laughs> oh, good. It's a generational thing.
0: Yeah, but she's, she's awesome. I love her. But um, so yeah, so I just, it's just all these life lessons. And, you know, and sometimes we get a crappy hand, you know, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it, you know, this isn't, you know, Texas Hold'em or whatever, you can't throw them down and get three more, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, um, I just love your attitude, how you decided that instead of why me, why not me? You know, and and just using your, you know, I love your dad's story and how you just took people that you knew and interviewed him. And because, yeah, we've all go through stuff but we all get different things out of it, you know, especially if we want to be positive human beings. Yeah, I really, I really, those are things that I have to remind myself of all the time because I think I'm prone to negativity and it's, it happened when I was an itty bitty child. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. We
1: get programmed, right? Yeah. Yeah, I learned so much from my friends from, Mm -hmm. from interviewing because (laughs) you, you watch people from the outside and you, you don't really know what's going on you know, on Mm -hmm. the inside, you, you, you know, I mean, you can witness quite a bit and there's the obvious, the, the obvious things, but, Mm -hmm. but hearing someone else's perspective was really interesting. It really
0: was. Yeah. I bet you you had a lot of crying moments talking to your friends about their things. (laughs) I would. Yeah. 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 It was uh, a lot of crying and, um, Did you love this episode of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay? Click the link in the description to check out my mixtape list already set up to get you started. Hello everybody, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered It's going to be okay. And today I have Deborah Fletcher on the line with me from Toronto, all the way from Toronto, even though we're in our own homes. And hold on, I'm so sorry, this cat is scratching. But anyway, she is an adult educator, author, speaker, and mom of twin daughters. She also works as a realtor, which supports her obsession with snooping through other people's homes. I think that's probably the reason why I reached out to her, because I wanted to know what some of the stuff she finds in there. (laughs) Not really. But as a busy mom and advocate for her daughter, who lives with multiple disabilities, Deb found the time to jot down stories lessons learned and inadvertent observations, and most of which found their way into finding your hay. So in Deb's free time, she gardens, dances like everyone's watching, and chases the ice cream truck down the street. (laughs) I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. But before I bring Deb on, I just want to remind everybody who's, uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, Watch it on the YouTube. Wow. Uh, Please comment, like, and subscribe. If you've already done that, you're awesome. And please share it with someone that you care about. If you're listening on the podcast, please go to Spotify or iTunes and rate and review the podcast. That lets me know how well I'm doing. And that would be my ask because I really spend a, I really do spend a lot of time getting all this stuff prepared and I would like to get uh, some kind of a rating to let me know how well I'm doing. So I would really appreciate that. And one more thing is I have been, um, I, I did my workshop last week, how to get out of the funk. So if you're into depression and anxiety and don't know what to do, you need to get those videos that I put out. And I will be doing another workshop next, not next month, but in April. So when you get there, um, if you could sign up to join the one in April, we have lots of fun. And we learn lots of things about ourselves and how to deal with some of those things that we don't know what to do about. So without further ado, here is Deb. Deb. If you enjoyed my show, Motherhood Unfiltered, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. Until then, this is Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered, and don't forget, it's going to be okay.